Praise the Lord. Dr. Hanson, good evening to you. Good evening, Shannon. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Everybody, welcome back. We're doing a double hitter for the month of September. Friday and Saturday nights, 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern. We're right here with Dr. Jonathan Hanson for the Warning Radio Broadcast. Dr. Hanson, thank you for letting us be a part of this. The microphone is yours tonight. Welcome back. Well, thank you, Shannon. I know that we're in such serious times in America and around the world. That's the reason why you and I agreed. Let's do a little bit more what we can do. And so here we are again. I know I had a service this morning. I have a service every Saturday morning. Tomorrow morning early, I'll be in the Seattle area preaching. We've got to use the time that we have. We've got to use daylight. You know, the Bible says very clearly that we should use our time because night cometh when no man can work. And that's where we're at. Night cometh, so to speak, as far as freedom is being taken away. Not only in America, but around the world. It is being censored, controlled, taken away. They want to control every human being on the face of the earth. The Bible warns about that. Sooner or later, they come into what we call the mark of the beast. Total control. If you don't take the mark of the beast, you don't buy, you don't sell, and eventually they kill you. This is where we're going. Total control. Years ago, most people, I'm sure, thought, Unless you were really in tune with God and what's going on. I've been burdened ever since 85. Burdened before that. But really burdened in 85 when I had my first supernatural dream. And what God showed me. Including death lines. Apocalyptic events. The condition of the ecclesia, the church, the bride. And how the fault of the backslidden church was the pastor behind the pulpit. I saw God's heart breaking. I said, why? He said, because my church, my bride is in love with the world more than me. I said, why? He said, because of the pastor behind the pulpit. If you listen to my program last night with Shannon Davis, Omega Man Radio, only 12% of youth pastors, children pastors, have a biblical worldview. 12%. What are they teaching them in Sunday school? Homosexuality? Because the mainline churches are now inviting drag queens to teach their children. And even some, their entire congregation. What is being taught? Now, 12% with a biblical worldview doesn't mean they're born again. It just means like the devil, they recognize Jesus as God. Now, Shannon, you can just think where we're at. I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we're in serious, serious trouble. 51% of Americans have no problem with abortion. People say, well, we overturned Roe versus Wade. That's only because... 2016, President Trump became president, and he put in three conservative judges. The judges of the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. If it was left to the people in 2000, it wouldn't have happened. I made a comment, no matter who we put in office, even President Trump again. And if you look at scripture, if he is Jeroboam II, he'll be once again president. But he is not going to save America. Why? Because even in his last administration, he had homosexuals in it. Four sins bring judgment on a nation, idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent, and dividing the land of Israel. If the ecclesia doesn't wake up, this nation is damned. It's over. The republic is falling, and persecution will be here, such as you've never even dreamed about. I did a couple interviews. I did Matt Shea, former House of Representative, before Biden spoke. And he was warning about the speech. So Matt Shea, former House of Representative, in my interview, 
was warning about the speech coming up and how it could be a direct attack on patriots, on fundamental Christians, on people that voted for Donald Trump. And it was. He said it could lead us into civil war. There was no reason for the IRS to have 87,000 new agents armed. To do what? Where have we needed armed agents to investigate taxes? What is going on? Are you think we're brain dead? I think the administration is so warped and out of touch of reality, they understand what they want. The Communist Manifesto, and they're operating, they're working their plan. But they've somehow thought what the Americans are brain dead. Well, a lot of them are. A lot of the church is. That's why we're in trouble. So we're going to listen to this interview with Matt Shea, and then an interview with Pastor Joe Kirkwood, and we're going to talk about creative miracles and raising the dead. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, president of World Ministries International, and I want to welcome you once again to the Warning Radio Program. Special guest, attorney Matt Shea, Pastor Matt Shea. He's an allied attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom and affiliated attorney with the Pacific Justice Institute. He retired 12-year state representative and former House Republican Caucus chair, currently the senior pastor at On Fire Ministries and Kingdom Christian Academy, Spokane, Washington. Uh, welcome back, Matt. Great to be back, Dr. Hansen. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing okay. Probably like you, I mean, just running as hard as I can because we need to do something before it's too late. The church has to become alive. It's got to wake up. I mean, things are incredibly moving at such a fast pace to take away our freedoms, Matt. Things are. And today, a uh, hundred days since Evalde, that shooting down there in Texas, this is a significant day. This is a day I believe, and I don't want to be overly dramatic, but this is a day I believe historians will look back on as a day when a spark was lit. I believe that the speech that the pretender in the White House is going to give tonight is part of a larger shaping operation, and I'll define what that is here in a second, prior to the instigation of what could end up being a global war, but it's primarily about weakening the United States to the point of defeat. And I believe it also is about the deep state using government in all of the administrative branches to turn against Christians and patriots here in America. And I believe his speech tonight is that turning point. Many of us have been talking about this for years. The worst case scenario is that this results in civil war here in America. The best case result is that it results in a very short-lived attempt at imposing full-on communism here in America, and that is overturned in the elections here in November. We are literally in this spot right now, and shaping operations are operations that are part of fifth-generation warfare, but they're also part of the preparation of the battlefield. Fifth-generation warfare is the warfare of narratives and ideas, and a shaping operation is attempting to shape the battlefield prior to something major happening. And what we've seen in the last two weeks is a massive increase in the rhetoric calling Americans that believe in the Constitution and that it means what it says and the values that made this country great fascists. I'll comment on that here in a second. And also saying that the greatest threat to America right now are people that are in the MAGA movement. In other words, Christians and patriots 
Just a note quickly on fascism. First of all, fascism is a socialist ideology. Started primarily by Benito Mussolini in Italy in the 1930s. Benito Mussolini was the chief editor of the Italian socialist newspaper Avanti, which means forward, which, by the way, was Barack Hussein Obama's campaign slogan and is also the campaign slogan of the Communist Party USA. That newspaper had another writer for it named Antonio Gramsci, who is the self-acknowledged father of Fabian socialism, but also acknowledged today by the likes of Saul Alinsky to the Revolutionary Communist Party as the father of Fabian socialism. So this newspaper in Italy was the genesis of fascism. So this Italian socialism was the genesis of fascism. And Benito Mussolini saw it as a compromise that Italians would accept because they wouldn't accept full-blown socialism. So this idea of calling us fascists, what they're doing is projecting onto us what they really are themselves. And that is people seeking to control the private property and the means of production, capital. They're trying to control every bit of private property owned in this country, if not own it in some capacity. So they're just projecting on us what they are themselves. And I believe tonight... Getting back to the president, who I believe is a pretender, is going to try to turn the administrative state on patriotic Americans. And I believe that this could result, worst case scenario again, in a civil war in this country. I'm not saying these things lightly. This is not hyperbole. This is after prayer. This is after just observing things. And at the same time, You have things happening in Asia right now that, again, indicate very clearly that we're headed toward war in that part of the world. Wow. Why don't we get to what's going on in Asia before we get into things like the FBI whistleblowers? Yeah. So let's talk about that right now. This is just and literally as we were getting on the show, just came in to me from Kyoto News. So it's out of Japan. The title of the article is Japan, Taiwan to begin talks on evacuation plans amid China's threats. Japanese lawmakers and Taiwanese government officials have agreed to begin talks on how to evacuate Japan's citizens in the event of a possible invasion of the island, a politician said Thursday. What I was also told with this message was that this was very likely imminent. This evacuation would begin very, very shortly. So this means that things are ramping up dramatically right now in Southeast Asia, and we're just going to see this continue. In China, the New American has an article on this, China enforces new COVID-19 lockdowns for millions. The Chinese are beginning to lock down their citizens because their economy is collapsing. The housing bubble there has burst, and because they are not getting payments into their banks, they don't have enough liquidity, they don't have enough money on hand, for their own citizens to get any money out of the banks. And so millions of accounts have been affected in China. And these lockdowns do two things. First of all, keeps their citizens in line because these lockdowns are occurring in major Chinese cities, metropolitan areas. And the second thing that it does is that it allows for trade, a cover for trade to be stopped with the United States of America. In other words, this is trade warfare, a part of trade warfare. So those are just two things that talk about Southeast Asia. And then you know, we could go on again about the military exercises that are beginning in eastern Russia right now. China and India are participating in those. So there's just so much happening right now. But the bottom line is this. I believe this is a seminal day. 
in American history this day. And the speech tonight by the pretender in the White House is going to reverberate, I believe, for a generation. Well, you, you mentioned a couple of things. I want some clarity. You mentioned yeah. the evacuation of Japan and Taiwan. Well, the evacuation of Japanese citizens from Taiwan and from some of the islands surrounding Taiwan. Okay, uh, that makes sense. We know that China is threatening to invade Taiwan. We've brought it out on this program before. We know also that Japan is increasing constantly, and their military is now very powerful, and they're only going to uh, continue that line. They want to have a dominant military again. That's exactly right, and they believe that having all of those citizens will do that, and they also understand that if Chinese seize Taiwan, they also can control a lot of manufacturing for electronic devices, so that's part of this as well. Yes. Headline news, FBI whistleblowers begin to come forward following the Mar-a-Lago raid. It says employees at the agency have started to come forward, according to the Ohio Republican Congressman Jim Jordan. Speaking to Fox News on Sunday, Congressman Jordan revealed that a number of FBI whistleblowers has risen to 14 after the raid at Mar-a-Lago. Jordan said 14 FBI agents have come to our office as whistleblowers. They are good people. There are a lot of good people in the FBI. It's the top that is the problem. Some of these good agents are coming to us, telling us what is baloney, what's going on, the political nature now of the Justice Department. God bless them for doing it. Talking about the school board issue, about a whole host of issues. Uh, I've got three headline news discussing the problems with FBI agents reporting on what's going on within the agency, Matt. Yeah, I heard from a source here, it's about a year, year and a half ago now, that one of the former number threes in the FBI very clearly said that uh, the FBI has been so compromised, it needs to be completely disbanded and reconstituted from the ground up. I could not agree more with that sentiment. The Muslim Brotherhood and their proxy jihadi organizations have infiltrated the FBI. Communist influence has infiltrated the FBI. This isn't just about the politicization of the FBI or turning it into a political arm of the Democrat Party. This is about the infiltration of what is supposed to be a counterintelligence agency to the point that it no longer can possibly fulfill its original mission. This is bigger than it just being politicized. This is about it not being able to fulfill its original mission. And so as a result, I would agree 100% it needs to be disbanded. It needs to be completely reconstituted. And I believe President Trump would do that if he were there right now. I wrote an article titled, It'll be coming out in a couple of days. Trump will be president again. But June 20, 2022, Israeli government fell. July 7, 2022, Britain's government collapsed. Now the United States of America is in the process of collapsing due to the same problems that force the collapse of Britain and the Israeli government's bad leadership. We are literally being destroyed purposely by socialist communist leaders. They hate fundamental Christians who believe the Bible is the literal word of God. They are trying to take the God of the Bible out of America by attacking its authority through false science, evolution, religion, and heresies now taught in most churches. Matt? Well, that's a very good summary of it. That's exactly what's happening. Could not agree more. That is exactly what's happening. They are trying to destroy the United States. Now, there are, I'm just going to do some historical analysis right now. 
one of the issues that happened in Russia with the czarist forces or the forces that were believed in keeping Russia free from Bolshevism was they had some arms, but a lot of those arms were actually turned in by veterans at the end of World War One. The other issue that occurred there is disunity. People would rather be in power than unify for the sake of protecting the country. Now, here in the Trump has been that unifying figure, and Americans have by and large kept their arms. So those two factors, just historically speaking, regardless of everything else, weigh very much in the favor of what the communists are trying to do here in America, failing. This is one of the reasons I believe, and we've talked about this on the show, that they want to indict and arrest President Trump. The charges being legitimate is irrelevant. But they want to arrest him and show it in front of the people because they think that that will scatter into disunity the Make America Great Again movement or the, the movement for liberty. It will not. I believe that we're seeing, and I'm witnessing it even at the local level here, we are seeing unification the spirit like I've never seen before. So I think that God is doing something right now. I'm not saying this is going to be easy. I'm not saying that there's going to be just roses on this path, but I am seeing that while it may be tough, there is still a, a very bright light at the end of the tunnel. And I also see that there is an opportunity here. If the church truly stands up, as we've been saying for so many weeks, if the church truly stands up to stop this in its tracks and not only see a reversal, but see a reversal for a couple generations as the people that tried to do this are held accountable. Statistics from the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, May 12, 2022, says a new nationwide survey of America's Christian pastors show the majority pastors lack a biblical worldview. 37% possess a biblical worldview. 62% hold a hybrid worldview known as syncretism. Senior pastors are 41%, 28% among associate pastors, 12% of children's and youth pastors hold a biblical world view. What are the other 88% of the children and youth pastors that are teaching the most vulnerable and impressionable? What are they teaching them, Matt? <laughs> well, if they're not teaching a biblical worldview, they're teaching a satanic worldview. Let's just be really blunt about this. And I think, though, when you cite those statistics, 37%, I believe, is what you said for biblical worldview. That's still enough. That's still enough. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't be challenging our brothers and sisters who are in the pulpit to start doing the right thing now. The male pastors in the pulpit right now need to be men of courage. They need to be men of courage. They need to be preaching the Word of God and understand what a biblical worldview is. A lot of them don't even know because they've never been taught, or they have been taught and have intentionally rejected that. But I believe that's a small minority. I believe that most of these people have never been taught. They've listened to the wrong sources. They've been indoctrinated by the wrong sources. And so it's our job with, with radio shows like this to make sure that they're being challenged and that they are teaching a biblical worldview. Let me be really clear on what a biblical worldview is. 
free markets and the idea of a free market economy comes from the Bible. Specifically, thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's property. The gospel of envy is socialism. Socialism is rooted in evil, all of its forms. The idea that capitalism is in and of itself racist is a satanic, anti-biblical worldview. Christianity is not racist. Christianity said there can be salvation for every human being, regardless of ethnicity, that there is one race, the human race. If somebody's teaching against the biblical worldview there, that inherently people are racist or inherently this is there or inherently that is all Marxist ideology, which is rooted in evil, and that is not biblical worldview. So let's be really blunt about this. If someone is teaching anything from Marxist worldview or teaching socialist economics, that is not according to the Bible. So that is anti-biblical. That is not biblical worldview. We then can say, okay, what are you teaching in your church? The idea of critical race theory, that is not a biblical worldview. Stop teaching that. Teach what the Bible says. We all have the opportunity of salvation. Jesus Christ died on the cross for us all. If we want to receive that wonderful gift that he paid for on the cross of eternal life, we all have the ability to do that. But when you start teaching critical race theory, what you're essentially saying is that white people don't have the opportunity at salvation. You're saying that it's, it's impossible to get past it, that, that what Jesus did on the cross is not powerful enough, that his blood isn't powerful enough to solve these problems when it actually is. So let's be really blunt about this issue that salvation is for all ethnicities. And Jesus meant what he said when he said it is finished. Socialism is not the solution. Jesus Christ is. You know, Jesus warned when he returned, will he find faith? Uh, truly, the church is compromised, polluted, and sick, and crying for judgment to fall on it. No politician is going to save America. We need to understand that. We, we want to put in good politicians, and it's important. I want to. It's part of the Great Commission. But yet, that alone will not save America. Even the Republican Party are compromising, compromising on sins of abomination, homosexuality, and everything. Only yeah. the church can bring us back to prosperity under God and avoid judgment. We've got to understand what sin is, and homosexuality is part of sin, and the, uh, even the Republicans are now accepting it. That's correct. And again, we don't want to be that generation that just gives up. But I believe there's enough of America. There's enough of America that is awake. But we need, again, to be unified and remain unified in the effort and understand the tactics and the strategies of the enemy and come against that. There's enough of America that is awake right now. And you know how I know that, Dr. Hansen, is because if enough of America wasn't awake, they wouldn't have to cheat in elections. They wouldn't have to do these propaganda shaping operations. If enough of America was not awake, they wouldn't have to do any of that. Well, I, I know that I know yeah. that enough America is awake to tyranny and socialism and communism, a loss of freedom. But we got to also get back to understanding what brings judgment, and that's sin. Four exactly. sins bring judgment on a nation: idolatry, yep. immorality, killing the innocent, and dividing the land of Israel. In America, is guilty. And uh, we need to understand this. Yes, we're aware that we're losing our freedoms, but we also have to stop not only losing our freedoms, we have to get right with God. 
Amen. And I, I believe that the Supreme Court decision opened the door to a national repentance on one of those sins that you talked about. But returning, I mean, now at the state level, are we going to return the Ten Commandments to the classroom? Are we going to, and if that isn't going to happen, are we going to exit the government schools and create our own schooling at every single church in every single state so that our kids can be trained up in the way that they should go? So that there is morality taught to the next generation, that they understand the, the, what you've talked about so many times, the, the things that are the judgment, the science that is the judgment of God. So we have this opportunity right now. Are we going to take it? And I, I believe that there is a, a, a very significant portion of the church that wants to do this. I'm wondering if they know how. And that is why, like you said, and I 100% agree, it has to start with repentance. Because once we repent and turn toward God and we're, we're facing him, then he will show us how to do this. Well, you're, you're exactly right, Matt. And um, that's that's the whole point of Eagle Saving Nations. We we need to get back to another great awakening. We must get back to the reality of the power of God uh, through Pentecost. Jesus said, go tarry. Uh, we must not only have a biblical worldview, we must carry out that view with uh, the authority of Jesus Christ residing in us so we can walk out and work out our salvation and bring peace to the nations. Again, Jesus isn't going to leave heaven to do our job. The bride of Christ must understand its God-given responsibility to stop tyranny and bring peace and salvation and healing to the nations. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Warning Radio Program. Special guest, Matt Shea. Matt Shea, again, is a senior pastor now. He was in the House of Representatives. Why don't you name the church, Matt, that you're pastoring in Spokane? We're here at On Fire Ministries, SpokaneOnFire.ChurchCenter.com. We are so excited about what's been happening the last couple of weeks. We had 6,000 people in downtown Spokane at the Sean Foyt event repenting, being healed, being delivered. It was an amazing event, and there's more to come, and we just need to press into our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Tune in again to the Warning Radio Program. We're on each and every day. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org. See what we're doing on television and radio daily, as well as see, again, the programs that Matt has been on in the past, each one of them filled with so important truth that we must understand. Ladies and gentlemen, we need another great revival, and one is coming. God bless you. And now, my special guest, Pastor Joe Kirkwood from Cornerstone Outreach Ministries, Amarillo, Texas. Joe, welcome back. Thank you to have me back a number of weeks now. So, Yes, yes. Well, that's because you have something to say and you have testimonies. I've always said, <laughs> you know, Joe, I wouldn't go to a church if there wasn't testimonies. We don't need to go Amen. just to hear people read the Bible. I mean, we can read the Bible. I can read the Bible, mm -hmm. but I want yeah. testimonies. I want that pastor that I sit under, that he's moving with the Holy Spirit, that he, he's doing what God commanded him to do. I mean, that's yeah. the type of pastor I want to sit under. <laughs> Spirit-filled, Spirit-led, <laughs> those are important. That's right. I mean, uh, he could truly meet my needs if I'm in trouble. 
Mm-hmm. Amen. So, so anyway, Amen. Joe, you, you and I have known each other for a long time. I visited you several times over the years in your church, and, and we were just together in Oklahoma City with the Independent Assemblies, and, and then we've done some programs recently on my warning radio program. But I never, never get tired of listening to testimonies of miracles. I've done some recently with the assistant A.A. A. Allen, and I never, never get tired of miracles. Nobody does. That's a yeah. follower. I don't believe any true follower of Jesus Christ gets tired of miracles. Amen. And so, Joe, I know that you see miracles. I mean, you know, you're one of those pastors that actually moves with what Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, Pentecost. And so I want you to tell some testimonies recently that you've seen in your church or, or wherever you've yes. gone. Amen. Well, there's just so many things. Uh, the last week, of course, we weren't on last week, but I was in uh, Houston with Joan Hunter, okay, Tony Camp, Gene Bailey, Francis Miles. We were all there. I spoke the Friday morning session. It was a breakthrough conference. And of course, we saw a lot of miracles happen there. But the ones I want to relate to you with the time that we have would be ones happened here in Amarillo. Okay. On Friday, we do a food giveaway. We feed the poor, the needy. We give them grocery carts full of food to take home and so they can cook and prepare with their family. And uh, we have a service for these people. Many of them are lost. Many of them don't know the Lord. So we see a number of miracles that happen each Friday and people come to Christ. And so, matter of fact, after these miracles happened, I gave an invitation to receive Christ. And I think about 12 people raised their hand and wanted to receive Christ. So we led them in a prayer to receive Christ as a result of seeing miracles. I really didn't get to uh, get into the preaching. It's just a one-hour service on Fridays. But there was numerous words of knowledge that came forth. But uh, there was a lady that responded to the word of knowledge about being pain. She came up, she was having pain in her knees, I believe is why she came up, but she had had three operations. They'd put steel rods and pins in her back and it had left her in constant pain. She'd been on constant pain for years, pain medication. She couldn't move, she was stiff. Just walking to the front took her some time. This lady was in her 60s, I'm gonna say, and she just could shuffle her feet because she, the steel rods don't allow you to flex or bend or move much. And so she just kind of shuffled her feet, came to the front, and uh, we began praying for her and shared with her a testimony of someone that we'd prayed for that the steel actually vanished out of their body and God gave them a brand new knee joint. And they had had steel pins in the knee previously. And they vanished off x-ray and they had a new knee. And so I was sharing that with her. And then we went on to pray with her. After we prayed, I just said, well, you know, see what you can do. Well, the cellular memory that we have, our cells hold memory of pain, suffering. When a person starts to move after they've been in pain a while, they're very hesitant. So she was very hesitant to start to move. And I said, just move and do what you couldn't do. So she reached over and uh, grabbed a hold of me to steady herself. So she starts, you know, moving, picking up her legs and stuff. And within seconds, just a shocked look came on her face. You can actually watch the miracle happen on our uh, our website, mycornerstoneministries.org, and go to the archive services, and you'll, you'll see it happen. But she just looked shocked on her face. And so she starts moving more. 
and then she uh i said well you, you have steel rods in your back but i said you know maybe god's removed them just just bend over try that and she's kind of looked a little surprised that i've asked but she started bending over and she started down and there was no pain no discomfort so she goes all the way down and touches her toes well if you know people who have had steel rods put in their back that's just pretty much impossible to have bent that far because those rods don't bend right and her back was arched and flexed over so she touches her toes and then she raises herself up her own strength and i said feeling any pain or any she said a little stiffness but i'm not in pain and she said i've been in constant pain for years so i said well here just walk with me so we started walking and and i said just start saying thank you jesus because i i find that when people say thank you jesus for my healing just that heart of gratefulness just brings forth healings and so she just began saying that what i told her thank you jesus and as we were walking all of a sudden she realized i am walking i am not hurting so we started walking faster well now she it was very clear to everybody she couldn't do that she was holding on to someone she shuffled her feet took her a while to get to the front but she starts walking back and forth all of a sudden she stops grabs my elbow and she goes into a squat position where her knees were bent at a 90 degree angle she was just balancing with my elbow but she took herself down and brought herself back up and then she did it again Wow. She just said, she said, I'm stunned. I just can't even imagine. I cannot believe that I'm doing this and I don't have any pain. And she just big tears coming down her face. And so then we took off. We started walking faster, kind of trotting. And, you know, I mean, the whole place was ecstatic. And there were a lot of non believers, you know, watching this. It was a sign to them because they had seen her condition. So she was healed. Then there was another woman, I had a word of knowledge, I said, there's someone here, and you have a problem with the jaw. The jaw, when you eat, is popping out of position. It's slipping back and forth. A lady raised her hand, she came up, and when she came up, I said, well, tell me about your condition. Well, she grabbed both my hands and put them on the sides of her cheeks, you know, right, right underneath the ears where your joint is in the jaw. And she said, now feel that. And so she opens and closes her mouth. Well, her jaw pops sideways out of socket. I don't think I'm exaggerating where it was almost a half inch out of place when she would open her mouth. In fact, I took my hand off and I said, folks, can y'all see this? Because when it would pop sideways, it would put a big bulge right under her ear on one side and the other side would kind of be sunken in. So the jaw was going one direction on both sides one was going inside and the other was popping to the outside toward the ear she just kept opening and closing her mouth and i said my goodness i said i see exactly what's going on i said well let's pray we prayed and just rebuked that asked god to just totally give her a creative miracle because it was going to take a creative miracle that joint of the jaw was worn out and that's why it had a place on they caused it to pop out of position she said eating was painful we prayed for her, and I said, now, the whole time I'm praying, she's opening and closing her mouth, and I can feel it. It's popping out. And I stopped, and I said, now, just say thank you, Jesus. Just thank Lord Jesus, I thank you for healing my jaw, giving me a new jaw. She did that, and I said, okay, now try it. Well, when she moved the jaw, it didn't pop out. Wow. 
it was totally healed instantly with just that short little prayer. And she's moving it. And I said, of course, I felt it immediately because every time she opened her jaw, it would pop out. So immediately it didn't pop out. And so about the second time, she looked at me and she said, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I said, folks, I said, I wish you all could feel what I'm feeling here because her jaw is completely healed. I took my hand off. I said, now that place you all saw popping out, I said, look, you don't see that happening. She started testifying to them about what was going on. And so she said, I'm going to go eat something crunchy and try out my new jaw. <laughs> and wow. so that was all on uh, the Friday. Well, I, I say this Friday. So it was the Friday before because I was in Houston this past Friday. So it was the Friday before. And so God just healed. And there were numerous other people that got new knees that were in pain. The knee began to function perfectly. It was just a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, There were a lot of other people healed of, you know, pains and things like that. But those were the creative miracles that we witnessed happening. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Warning Radio program. I have Pastor Joe Kirkwood. He pastors Cornerstone Outreach Ministries in Amarillo, Texas. I tell you, if you're near that area and you're looking for a church, why don't you stop by? I told him, I mentioned it on the air, I would want to be under a pastor, attend a church that actually moves as the Spirit of God states in the Bible we are supposed to move with signs following. The Bible says that we can be healed, we will be healed, to lay hands on the sick. It talks about casting out demons. I'll tell you what, check out Cornerstone Outreach Ministries, Amarillo, Texas. This is common for Pastor Joe Kirkwood. I mean, it's just what he sees and what he expects to see. Now, Joe, you also were in Houston. Did you see some exciting things there? Well, the Breakthrough Conference was one of the most powerful conferences uh, there at Joan Hunter Ministries. And uh, after we ministered uh, in all the services, people would just line up. And we prayed for people and every single person, every single person we prayed for was healed. Wow. And it was it was all kinds of various stuff. So after we ministered, each of the speakers would just stay in the altar, and sometimes we would help each other. But uh, my wife and I were there, so we each prayed. And I don't know, we had about 40 people that came up, and we prayed for about 40 people. And uh, I, I don't know about those in her line, but she didn't say anybody wasn't healed that wasn't healed. But pretty much if it had to do with healing— Everybody in the line I was praying for was instantly healed. And the symptoms uh, went away. There was an interesting thing. There was a young boy who was in the healing line. And when I got to him, I said, I said, well, young man, uh, what do you want God to do? He's, he's probably 13 years of age. And he just looked at me and he said, I want to, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> wow. And, uh, so that excited me. So I prayed for him to receive his heavenly language and uh, immediately prayed for him. And he started speaking in tongues and just got very fluent in, in speaking in tongues and it just transformed that young man's life. It was great. Now, I tell you who was here on, um, let's see, I guess this was on Monday. 
because they were they were with you the first time I think I was on the radio with you they were in your studio okay and that's Dennis and Mara Moore oh, oh yeah Dennis and Maria Moore I just received a phone call and they said they were traveling down Interstate 40 and wanted to stop by and meet me so I spent several hours with them and then they asked me to lay hands on them and pray for the healing anointing upon them so here in the office that's what we did we prayed God's using them in a wonderful way around the world, but they really desire moving into the gifts of healing and stuff. So we laid hands on them and prayed for them. So it was a joy having them as well. Well, that's wonderful. I know, yeah, he was with me for uh, a number of days and uh, did different programs. And uh, yeah, I had him join me right on this program I did with you. So I- I'm glad that uh, you guys got able to fellowship together as as you know they live in the dallas area yeah they were they were headed back uh, they're about uh, he said a five hour drive from here so they were they were headed back up that way yeah god's been good we just having phenomenal sunday it was uh, not healing but it was uh, the the prophetic i mean it was people were receiving prophetic words in fact the one the couple that uh, the couple, I think I've, I might have told this story about him dying in 2019 in the church service. That couple received a prophetic word that was incredible. And his name is Melvin. And he he died during a revival meeting here at the church. Wow. In t- 2019. Have I told you that story or don't well, know if I've told you that? Well, why don't you, uh, there's listeners that are just tuned in right now. Go ahead and tell that story. Okay. In 2019, we had gone into some uh, extended revival meetings. There was a lady evangelist that was with us, Lisa Elliott. And uh, on Monday night of that week, she was preaching along and she stopped and pointed to me on the front row and said, Pastor, I just heard the Lord say, you're going to raise the dead. And I said, well, sister, I've had it happen twice already. She said, well, it's going to happen again. Well, my wife, about a week before, said she had got a word from the Lord that that I was going to raise more people from the dead. And and I said, well, I've, you know, I've had that. She said, no, I'm talking, it's like a dozen people. She said, there's going to be quite a few more people. I said, well, okay, praise God. So when this lady said that, my wife looked over at me and she said, I told you. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm thinking uh, it's going to happen later in the week because on Wednesday, I was flying to Uganda to hold a crusade in Uganda. So I was even going to have to step out of the revival meeting because it had gone longer than we had, a week longer than we had anticipated. But I had encouraged, I said, you guys just carry on without me. I'll go on to Uganda. You keep having revival. So anyway, Tuesday night, we get there Tuesday night, and our drummer can't make it. So I'm playing drums. So I'm on the drums, and we're into uh, the end of the first song, and one of the young people came up to me and said, Pastor, you're, you're needed at the back. And so I, of course, I'm playing drums. And, you know, if the drummer stops, it's going to stop everybody. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I thought, well, this would be a total interruption, you know, to the worship. So I, uh, I looked to the back to see what, what were they talking about. And I could see a group of people standing at the back. But I thought, well, you know, I don't know what what that is, but because it was one of the young people that 
I really didn't know what to think of what they were saying. I just kept playing. And so I played into the second song, and but I had my eye back there like, what is going on? And uh, all of a sudden, I saw someone turn around, and I recognized them be one of the staff members. Wow. And they turned around and looked straight at me, and they waved at me that I needed to come immediately. And so I stopped playing drums. Well, it brought the worship to a halt. I headed down the aisle. Well, when I got to the back and people stepped back, to my shock, there was Melvin. He was our singles pastor. And Melvin had fallen over. Uh, onto a table that there was only one table at the back, but he just fell over as if, of course, first I thought somebody must have picked him up and laid him on the table. I later found out he just fell over and landed right on the table. Wow. And so, which was good because now he's, you know, waist high, but there he was laying on this table and he was totally blue. His heart had stopped beating and he, he was dead before he hit the table from what they said, but he was blue. Uh, a girl was there. She was the daughter of one of our church, faithful church members. In fact, her, her mother runs our singles or, or our women's ministry. And she was significant that she was there because she is a trauma nurse. She flies on the helicopter going to all the accidents and, and she specializes in resuscitation and all that kind of stuff. And she was already there working on him. So I said, well, is there anybody doing mouth-to-mouth? She was doing chest compressions. She said, no. And I said, well, I'll, I'll do mouth-to-mouth. So I, you know, opened Melvin's mouth. And so I was, you know, using mouth-to-mouth because we didn't have the equipment, didn't have a bag to bag him or anything at that point. They told me the ambulance had been called, but they said the ambulance, it was a night they were having uh, thunderstorms. And so... 911 said the ambulance is going to be delayed. They're all out on accidents and wrecks. and and uh, But the fire department is on the way and the police. So within just a few minutes, a police officer showed up and he said, well, it looks like y'all kind of got it. And I said, well, do you have any equipment with you? He said, well, I, ha- I have a defibrillator. I said, well, perfect. Bring the defibrillator. So he goes out and gets the defibrillator and he starts trying to hook it up. And he got so nervous that he got the uh, the electrodes, the, the sticky on the electrodes, he got them stuck to himself. <laughs> wow. So so we had to pull them off of him. And so uh, I reached up and grabbed Melvin's shirt and just jerked, you know, and popped all the buttons off so we could get to his chest. And, and we took the defibrillator away from the officer because he was too uh, shook up. Sure. So she and I put... Uh, uh, the electrodes on him with, you know, my medical training, her medical training. And so we, we got him hooked up and we shocked his heart. And, of course, when we did, he, 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 you know, lifted right off the table and still no heartbeat, no nothing. And so we did chest compressions for a few minutes and then we set up to shock his heart again. And we did that. We shocked the heart again and, and uh, continued with CPR, mouth to mouth and chest compressions and she was getting tired, so I switched to doing chest compressions. And uh, as I was doing chest compressions, I I felt one of the one of the rib bones break. I broke broke one of his his ribs. Okay. Uh, which a lot of times, if you go through the training, a lot of times they say if you're not breaking a rib, you might not be compressing hard enough to get the heart pumping. Yes. Know? 
but we still we we don't have anything and by then the uh the, the fire department arrives they have more equipment we got him hooked to an EKG machine and we're you know of course he's flatlined I asked him I said because I was still doing mouth to mouth and I said don't you have a bag and they said, oh yeah yeah we got a bag even they seemed to be a little bit confused but we got a bag so we could begin to bag him and uh, they got him hooked up and so once they were there, I kind of stepped back out of the way because they had, you know, four or five people with them, <clears throat> and they had uh, equipment, so they were given injections and stuff, and and uh, so they got all hooked up. Well, then finally, it was twenty thirty minutes. The ambulance showed up, and they had some better meds to, you know, uh, epinephrine, some stuff like that to get the heart going. They gave those injections, and uh, again, his heart was shocked. They were working, and so I, I just stepped back, and my wife was going around just trying to keep, you know, get everybody to pray. But some people, some people that love Melvin, they were they were in shock, and they were they were crying. The the lady that was um, our evangelist the week, she went over and sat down. She was in total shock. In fact, she thought, well, this will end the revival. She had forgot about the prophecy, as did I. But she was kind of undone by the thing. So some people were discouraged in doubt, and other people were, you know, praying. But finally, uh, they turned around, and they, uh, the girl turned at me, and she looked at me, and she shook her head. And, and she said, uh, she said, Pastor, we, we have to call code. He, he's gone. And so I knew, you know, everything in the natural had been done. And so I just uh, stepped back away from the chaos of the moment moved back about 15 feet and I just closed my eyes and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Just just stepped into that bubble and I, I believe it's essential for miracles. We have to hear the voice of God. And, and so I just tuned into the Lord and then I heard the Lord say clearly what to do. He said, uh, breathe into him and command life into him. Well, I'd already done that, but it's like the disciples that were fishing and Jesus showed up. They'd been fishing all night. And then Jesus said, well, cast the net on the other side. They started to argue with him a little bit. And then they said, nevertheless, at your word, we'll do it. And when they responded to the word of the Lord in obedience, of course, they threw their nets on the other side. Immediately, the nets were filled to the point of breaking. They had to call for help. So uh, when the Lord said that to me, I thought, well, okay, you know, at your word, Lord. So I just asked everybody to step back. And I said, I said, just guys, just give me a minute here which they were willing to do because they had already done everything in the natural that could be done. And so they stepped back. And so I walked up and I, I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command life into Melvin Harbor's body. And, and, and when the thing started, I said, Lord, I know if Melvin gets through to heaven, he sees worship in heaven. He won't want to come back here. So I just, at the very beginning, when I first got back there, I just said, in the name of Jesus, I just seal up the heavens not to allow his spirit to go through. And I just felt to do that. So I, that's what I did. As a result, Melvin said he didn't have any heavenly out-of-body experience. <laughs> like he, he, he said I kind of robbed him from that, jokingly, of course. Well, it's true, but, though. Um, it is true. Yeah, Once they true. go to heaven, they don't want to come back. That's right. That's right. And that's what I felt. So I did exactly what the Lord said. I asked everybody to step back and I commanded in the name of G, I command life into Melvin Harvard body. And I said, Melvin, your spirit, you get back in this body in Jesus name. 
And I leaned over, opened his mouth, and, and once again, I did what would be like CPR. I breathed one breath into his mouth. And as I started raising up from being bent over doing that, as I started raising up, Melvin came back to life. Praise God. Praise God. Opened his, Praise opened God. his eyes, his heart rate. Uh, he went from blue to pink. Uh, the paramedics went scrambling, you know, like, oh, 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 he's back. You know, after they'd called, called code and everything. So they started loading him up and everything. Funny to say that the officer that was so nervous that he couldn't put the, he got the electrode stuck to himself. Uh, he got, he got a life-saving award from the city of Amarillo for that. <laughs> oh my, 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 my. <laughs> Okay, and I later I later ran into him at a restaurant, and he told me that he said, "Well, you and I know that I didn't do anything," and I said, "Well, I'm happy that you got an award. Maybe there was a promotion in it for you or whatever." <laughs> so I did I didn't begrudge him of it at all, but it was totally God and nothing else. Well, and, uh, praise and, the Lord. And so Melvin Harbor is with us today. He works in our food warehouse, and uh, it was an absolute miracle of god and uh, these are the things that we we have happening here so melvin was the third one that's come back from the dead ladies and gentlemen you're listening to pastor joe kirkwood cornerstone outreach ministries amarillo texas i know some of you listening to this you're in that area go to the church go to his church there's a lot of people out there that need a miracle remember we serve of god of miracles we serve a God of miracles. Look to him. Expect your miracle. Touch him in the name of Jesus. Father God, touch people. Let them know that you're alive, that miracles happen today. You know, I'm going to have somebody in our service this week who's going to talk about seeing heaven. And like we said, like you said, they don't want to come back. They do not mm -hmm. want to come back. Again, we serve a living God. Heaven is real, ladies and gentlemen. My phone number is 360-629-5248. And again, guest today, Pastor Joe Kirkwood, Cornerstone Outreach Ministries, Amarillo, Texas. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Shannon, did you enjoy that? Oh, man. Brother Hanson, I love those guests you had tonight, the first and the second. We got some updates on what's going on out there, no holds barred, and we got to also a serving of some miracles. This is exciting. Amen. You know, sometimes it's disheartened and I'm just ready just to lay down. And then other times I get rallied and I'm back for the fight. And programs like tonight really encourage me to stay in that battle. We can make a difference. The Lord Jesus is never going to leave nor forsake us. We just got to... Having done all, we stand and we don't give up. I want to encourage people to get behind this end-time ministry, World Ministries International, Warning Radio. Over 20 years ago, it was right around September 11th. I was in Chickaloon, Alaska. I'm way on the boondocks, Dr. Hansen, and just to get TV, you needed a satellite dish. There was no AM, FM reception out there in the boonies, but thank God they did have an internet connection. And so as I'm working, trying to broker television media to some ministries, I was on the internet looking for something to listen to. And lo and behold, there's a podcast. It was on Soundwaves 2000 website. I never forget it. And it was called Warning Radio, daily 15-minute podcast and radio program, of course. 
And so I began to listen to your program, and I credit World Ministries International for me being here tonight. Because when I heard you preach, I felt the Holy Spirit convict me that it's time to go all in, and my life's never been the same again. The Lord brought me back and gave me a job, and I'm glad to be here with you tonight, my friend, Lincoln Arms. I'm so thankful to the Warning Radio broadcast. Folks, you need to tune in. Dr. Hansen has great programs, both radio and TV and podcast. Check them out. They're out there. He's interviewing some amazing guests, preaches the full gospel. Dr. Hansen, I was thinking, you know, next week is the anniversary of September 11th. Some people may not know the story of the fact God showed you those things were going to happen and other things would come. And you were even in Brooklyn preaching before all this occurred. I would like maybe you on one of the programs next week, share a little bit about September 11th. Take okay. people back and also bring back some of the other things that God showed you would happen if America did not repent. You know, in the warning message, where I believe you got the name of your radio program from, God told you to sound the alarm, 98 to 2008. And so the warning's been going out. And God in his mercy is still giving us some time. I think many of these things are soon to come to pass if something doesn't change in quick. So I thought maybe you could share some memories of the prelude to September 11th, potentially next week, if you'd like to. I'll do that, Shannon. And you would have loved to be with me today, our morning service. And one of the persons had been in heaven, what he saw. I might play it for you another time. Tomorrow, I'm going to be in Seattle preaching. And let me tell you something. I'm expecting the power of God to fall. I'd love you to be there because I'll tell you what, that place is going to shake and people are going to be slain all over the place. Well, next best thing is to hear in the recording. I hope you all are taping that. And um, <laughs> Yeah, we have a lot of recordings of very strong preaching. That's going to be good. Where are you going to be again if people happen to be in the area? It's actually called Beyond Barrier Ministries, 33320 Pacific Highway, South Federal Way, Washington, 98003, Suite 109. It's going to be an exciting service I believe, like I said, whoever comes there, they're going to really sense the power of God. They're going to see the power of God. They're going to feel the power of God. You're going to see the manifestations of what God can do. Folks, support Warning Radio, World Ministries International, worldministries.org. Dr. Hansen, we love you all. Thank you for letting us be a part of this awesome thing. And thank you for being the watchman God has called you to be. Well, you're and welcome, Shannon. And those, if they do come, it's 1030 a.m., Give your office number out again, please, and an email if they'd like to contact you. Okay. Where I'm going to be in Federal Way, that service starts at 1030 a.m. tomorrow morning, Sunday morning. My phone number, 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248. Once again, 360-629-5248. They can call and give that way. They can write a check to WMI, P.O. Box 277. Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Again, address your check to WMI, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Or if they can give by my website, there's a donate button, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. God bless you, Shannon. Get on the mailing list. Go to worldministries.org. We'll see you next time, Dr. Hanson. God bless you, Shannon. Love you.